how did you get on Saturday, mate? Uh, well, we won, but that that doesn't really tell the story of what was an excellent game. There's there's quite a lot to unpack from our game. Um, but how did how did you get on? Um, we didn't win. Uh, we finished second. Um, but again, you know, we were playing top of the league and we were bottom of the league. Um, and th- uh, unfortunately, I was umpiring. Uh, didn't didn't do a lot of batting uh, on Saturday. Um, and they were very worried for a very long time that we were going to win the game. Um, there was a lot of comments from them as well. You know, how are you guys down the bottom of the league? This is this is one of the toughest games we've had all season. Um, and we did we did equip ourselves very well. You know, sc- the scorecard will will say I think we probably lost by about forty five fifty runs chasing two seventy odd, but that was only because we lost sort of three or four wickets in in a couple of overs in like forty forty one, um, and then didn't score any. So we, we were running them very very close. Um, some of the lads batted, batted really well, actually. A couple of guys, sort of late forties. One got sixty odd. Um, sort of our three, five, and six, uh, three, four, and six all got runs, which is nice. Um, but it was, it was good. The most important thing was actually they were a really lovely bunch of blokes we played against. Um, yeah, same, same. Down Willing, Willing, down, Willing down, down, down at Laddick, you know, not played there. As I said, I played there sort of once a very long time. I don't remember anything about it. The ground was a lot smaller than I remember, so I think I must have been a child when I played down there. Um, but yeah, they had they had a couple of guys batted really well. Got sort of, one got 90 odd, ninety four, and they were trying to hit the ball out the ground to get his ton and got bowled, which is a shame. Was it one of the blokes who got a ton last weekend? It was one of those guys that, that that's got quite a lot of runs for him already. Yeah, um, so he must be really good then. Yeah, he was pretty decent, and that their number three also sort of seemed a bit. Uh, he got very lucky to start with the ball. Actually, he, he sort of blocked the ball between bat and pad, rolled back onto his stumps. The bells didn't come off. Um, like the only time the bells didn't come off all day because there was about a 45 mile an hour wind rushing across the ground. Um, but then he sort of got into his stride and he batted really well. He got 80 odd. Um, but he's also got a lot of runs as well this season. Um, so it, I mean, if we got them earlier, it would have been interesting to look at some of the other batting they had. We ended up getting them four down, I think. Um, so maybe a game could have been slightly different, but yeah, most important thing. I, I had actually quite a nice time with those those guys. Even when I was umpiring out in the field, they were and when they were batting, you know, there's a lot of sort of it was all very friendly chat, um, very self-deprecating friendly chat, which I always enjoy. Um, so we won't talk too much about our result, but um, yeah, t- tell me about yours and, and tell me about um, the fact that you saw one of my favourite ever cricketers. So I turned up to turn up to the ground, walked 10 minutes to the ground, which was lovely. I love doing that. Turned up on time, which is always a bonus for me. Very um, rare for you. Very, very rare. Very rare. And uh, the first team game had started on the lower ground. And I can't... St Lawrence, I think they were playing. I'm not 100% sure. But um, a certain member of cricketing royalty was playing for the opposition uh, in the one and only Darren Stevens. Steve-o! And it was Steve-o because I've sent you the photographic evidence and what a man. Yeah. What a man. I don't know how old he is, like 105, and he's still so good at cricket. Yeah. Well, I saw the last time I went to finals day um, a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, it must have been a couple of years ago. Um, was when Kent won. And Steve-O won the 2020 Blast at the age of like 45 or 46. And he played a serious, you know, batting sort of four or five and bowling. Um, 
So that ages him nearer to late 40s rather than 100 plus. But yeah. he's still amazing at cricket. But yeah, and what a guy as well. After they yeah. won that, he just kept, you know, he was sort of made time for a lot of the Kent fans that waited to see them lift the trophy and stuff. So like, I went with my dad and we both um, we both stayed and, and watched, watched them lift the trophy. So I've mainly see what Steve O did. Um, and he it just was only came, a few years ago. Came and had a nice chat with them. Sorry? He just came and had a nice chat with all their fans that waited, like took the time, autographs, whatever. You know, obviously celebrated a bit with his teammates, but it was like, well, we can do that later, lads, and, and took time for the fans. I thought that was that was great, real classy touch from Steve. And it was only a few years ago that he was being talked about, maybe, maybe when England weren't playing amazingly, admittedly. What about Steve O? What about Steve O for England? So it was really cool. Um, to see to see him, and he bowled, he bowled eight overs, two for twenty odd. Um, very Steve-O, isn't it? And he scored. I think he scored three tons in his past three games. That's what somebody told me. <laughs> I haven't checked the stats. And uh, one of our guys got him out for a duck. Really? Yeah. And they won. They won the game. So that was incredible. What? A and scam. then apparently. He was driving down to um, maybe Penzance to play today or something. Was the rumour that I heard down your way? So if you go and stand on the Tamar Bridge, you might you might well see him today. Uh, he'll take the A30, mate. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, he'll take the A30. He won't be there. I'm not driving up to Launceston to see Steve-O drive past in the car. Um, but, but, um, but our game, um, funny game, we... Um, we won the toss and uh, the captain decided to bowl. Absolutely no problem. Um, but we only had eight eight blokes to start off with. So that was interesting. Um, I think his decision to bowl might also have been um, affected by the fact that the opposition was severely hungover. So the opening batter that I was bowling in Bowling against got in at uh, between three and four o'clock on Friday night, so that friend. that that did help. But we also play on a postage stamp, so the thirty-yard circle was on the offside, uh, f- about five to ten yards in from the boundary. So we started with eight, bowled six overs with uh, eight blokes. Then one of our uh, 14-year-olds turned up. Then we bowled about another eight overs with nine. And then two more of our 14-year-olds turned up. So really, the first eight overs were damage limitation. But bowled okay. Bowled okay. Didn't go for too many runs. Um, And then they ended up on two, three, five, which we were absolutely delighted with, to be honest, because... We thought we could have gone around the park uh, when you when you've got eight blokes. So um, we we were pretty happy with that, but we were conscious that we didn't have loads of batting. So we had four really recognised batters, and then we chased it. One one bloke got a great eighty. Um, everybody who batted made some contributions. It was it was awesome. And it went we won it with two overs to spare. It was really it was quite touch and go. And then we had a young lad come in who held his nerve really well towards the end. Yeah, it was it was great. And also Willingdon, who we played against, were a really nice bunch. 
Um, so it was a really, it was a really enjoyable game of cricket, actually. I'm willing to ask you, you're playing Wadhurst. Uh, it begins with a W. I think I played Wadhurst. I think one of our teams recently played against Wadhurst, but I think it was Willingdon last year. And it was quite funny because um, this game last year, I can't remember if I've mentioned it, but we got a time penalty for. And uh, they came off the pitch and they said, oh, is there any way we can try and win this game again this year? Um, <laughs> they were a good they were a good bunch they yeah, were a good bunch good it was good fun so yeah we were, we were delighted and then um stayed and had a few few beers in the club afterwards and then walked home it was fantastic really great really great day but three out of our four teams won yesterday so that was oh. really good as well very good mate yeah i, I think i neglected to say that our, our, our second team won um won again yesterday very good very good performance from them, from all accounts. Um, good, good batting. Uh, I think they chased about. They, they chased it pretty, pretty comfortably. I think they chased about one eighty or so. Um, but yeah, it's, it seemed pretty serene. Um, so yeah, they they continue to to top the table. So very good, very good start uh, start to the season from them. Um, you'll you'll appreciate something that happened in our game yesterday. So I thought I bowled okay, hit generally good line and length. Um, then somebody came on at the other end. Bowled a half tracker, got a wicket, yeah. and then even more to your liking, uh, a spinner came on after I bowled eight straight through. Spinner came on to replace me. To be fair, spinner bowled really good areas, uh, but took three wickets, um, which is right out of the playbook of whenever we play together. Which is I uh, come off sweating profusely and I'm knackered and maybe burgle a wicket or two, if that. And then you come on and take a r- wicket really quickly, bowling off four paces. Uh, and usually with a full toss. Yeah. Um, my, my full toss didn't come off yesterday. Um, I, I, I will temper it. Did it come off the bat? It did come off the bat. It, it got dropped at mid-on. Um, it was a very hard chance, but it was dropped at mid-on. Um, and then, unfortunately, I bowled a couple more, um, which, which went past mid-on for four. Um, but it was. I found it very tough. I don't know if you find it tough in the wind um i mean i i think it's probably i'd actually prefer to play in the rain than in the wind because batting wise you know especially as how, how strong the wind was yesterday you sort of almost fighting to s- stay still um especially with the pitch on a bit of a slope as well um and then and bowling wise you sort of especially as, a, as an off spinner trying to get, a, get give it a bit of air but you don't want to give it too much it's just going to stop and it's going to send you um, Sounds like you were playing cricket at the Mount Everest base camp. It mate, it was it was strong wind yesterday. I mean, I think I think the average wind was something like twenty five, and there was a gust of something gust. Like forty. <laughs> and it's it's on top of the hill. This ground, Laddock. Um, so it was, it was really hard. I mean, everybody was struggling. Um, but well, I, I altitude was, sickness. Um, I, I mean, the hill is probably about one hundred and fifty meters above sea level. Um, but it, it was just, it was quite exposed and, and it'd be lovely on a, on a really nice hot summer's day. It would be gorgeous. Um, but it was just, just this wind made it a bit tough. So just found it a bit, bit tough to sort of get the length right to start with. Um, but as I, and as everybody said to me, I usually take wickets in my full tosses. Um, the balls that pitch tend to not do anything. Um, well, it's worth a go, a few full tosses, if it's, if it's your best ball. Um... I mean, may, maybe not the guy that got 90 odd in the end. Um, but yeah, and it, it tends to be the ones that are slightly leggy as well. 
tend to get like a leading edge and someone getting really excited trying to put me in a car park. I'm hoping to uh, come and play with you for, no, that sounds weird, uh, play a game of cricket with you uh, in a couple of weekends, actually, which would be nice because we haven't played together this year, have we? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, it would be fantastic because we are, we're, we're, we're getting in a bit of a scrap now. We've only got a, we've only, we reckon we've only got to win about five games. Um, That's four more than you've won. The, yeah, we reckon five more, but the way we're performing, it is, it is, I mean, it's the scorecards aren't showing fine margins, but it's, you know, scorecards don't show drop catches and miss runouts and, and things like that. So um, we're not far away and we're playing bottom of the league. Well, the other team down at the bottom with us. Just... Second, you're playing second. We're bottom. playing second bottom yes. next week and, and we have to win. Uh, so who is that? Uh, that is Pencaro, who got promoted with us last season. Um, that's a big game. So that's a big, big game. Um, so it'd be um, how many go down from from your division? Well, due to the way that um, the Cornwall League works, and um, with sort of the national, you got not the national league, but you got the um, the sort of the county wide leagues of the Prem and, and County One, and then it splits down into an East and West. Uh, just to save travelling, really, because I mean, who in Division Three wants to go down to St Just? From Saltash, it's a two-hour drive. Um, so, it, because of the way it looks, that the the county one teams are going to come down seem to all be from the east. Um, we're we're looking at three teams getting relegated from our league. Um, so we've got to finish fourth from bottom to, to drive, um, which looks like a tough ask. But I think yeah, I think five wins. Looking at who else is around us, looking at some of the other teams that. You know, are looking a bit weaker as well, like us. Um, there'll be there'll be four or five in the mix, and as long as we can finish up up to the top two of those, we'll be okay. So the division that I, one of the divisions that I played in last year, four went down. So four went down, and I think two went up. So only fewer teams stayed in that division than left the division. Wow. Yeah, brutal. That, that's tough. That's a bit like playing football in the championship. That's tough. You want to talk about Mitchell Stark's catch, don't you? I have well, seen... it was not a catch. It's just not a catch. I am steadfast that it is absolutely not a catch. Sorry. I'm... Yeah, I, I'm surprised that there's been so much furore. Can I use that word? Yeah. Um, you can use it. Feel free to use it. It's not a swear uh, word. It's. I think. I think it's quite apt as well for yes. Glenn McGrath's reaction to it. Um, yes. It, it basically I, seems to be that Glenn McGrath is really annoyed about it, and everybody else thinks it's a drop. Well, I, I'm not going to say it's a drop, but what I'm what I'm surprised about is how much chat has, how much sort of mileage it's got already. When Steve Smith definitely grounded the ball when he caught in inverted commas, root. Um, Absolutely. In the first things, because if you look, I mean, that should have had a lot more looking at because his finger's quite clearly on the side of the ball and he's not got control of it and the ground sort of controls it for him and then he juggles it in his chest. I think that was, I would have said that was less of a catch because Stark's clearly caught the ball and then he's... Grasped it. He, he the, the putting it down on the floor didn't help him catch it. He'd already caught it. So I, I sort of get the Aussie perspective on this. 
Ah, but, um, but Marshy, have you have you read the the law? Yeah, well, so this is the thing. I've 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 had a little look at that, and and yeah, I, I you know I agree. And and what Stark should have done, and what you know he he probably would do nine times out of ten is catch it and then sort of upturn his wrist so the ball's under his wrist when he when he slides along the floor. Yeah, um, I mean, or put a or put a roll in a commando roll, or I mean, what Stark should have done, which is generally known by cricketers when attempting to take a catch, is not put the ball on the turf. Yeah, not not sort of skid it on as well. A bit of ball tampering as well, do you think? Possibly. Maybe there was some sandpaper in that mm. region of the outfield. Well, it certainly gave it a good scrape as well. So I think maybe as mm, let's let's see, maybe there could be a, a theme to this Australian thing of putting the ball on the floor when you catch it. Um, because my my argument with this is you see those catches where somebody's diving forward i've never ever attempted or taken one like this obviously because um i'm not very good at fielding although i did take two catches yesterday um where they catch it and they're diving forward and their elbows or their body hits the ground so they've got it in their hands and then it pops out after their elbows hit the floor I don't think there's a massive difference between that being considered a drop and Stark's drop yesterday because he's still sliding. He's not in control of his body. He's not stationary. So that's what the law says. It It says that you have to have control of the ball and your body for the catch to be completed. So I don't really see that much difference between those two other than Glenn's an Aussie and we're poms so maybe again we need to look to speak to our aussie correspondent jake the snake about this and get his views on it yeah well i think he's obviously going to say it's a catch um and and and, you know i I think it was a it was a good catch and he took the ball uh, but yeah so that's the Uh, we need to stop calling it a catch so is the is the drop like every time the word catch is used, it's used in uh, inverted commas, shall we say? Catch. Catch. Uh, get, stress the A. Catch. Catch. Um, he, so what they're saying is that he's used the ball to control his body. Is that what they're saying? I think so. He's, he's, he's not, he hasn't completed the catch because his body is still moving. So I think if he'd have stopped moving, was on his knees and then got up by putting the ball on the floor, I think that's obviously a catch because he's completed he's completed his catch, he's in control of his body. But because he was still sliding and he had to put the ball on the floor with a slide, or no, 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 rather he chose to put the ball on the floor yeah. with a slide. You might be sensing a slightly anti-stark tone from me this morning which is probably because the ashes are on the line and i have a feeling that if we lose this match we're gonna struggle to come back so i just i just don't think it was a catch if if that happened on a saturday i think you'd struggle to claim it as a catch yeah i mean i i'm I'm sensing a lot of anti-stark there I, i i would say i think it was probably a bit of a brain fade i think that's one thing it's it's okay to say you know took the catch didn't really think about 
what you know what am i going to do immediately afterwards was a yes we've realistically won the ashes with me taking this um and then sort of just yeah i don't know i i would i would agree he chose to go that way up he could definitely have put his wrist under the ball and slid that way might hurt. or just used his other hand or kept his hand mm. in the air with the ball yeah, yeah, I think I think you know. There's a lot of I, I you know, I, I certainly always try. If, if it's a forward diving catch and everything, you always try and like lift the ball up in your elbow, sort of in, in you know, crook your elbow a bit and use your elbows to slide and keep the ball as high as possible. Um, but that's because we obviously play at a much lower standard than requires TV umpiring. I tell um, you what, I try to do when I'm taking a catch, Marshy. I get out of the way. If if there's nobody else in the vicinity and I'm trying to take a catch, it's not throw the ball on the turf. Yeah, I've I, I wouldn't I've got a, I've got a, I've not got much sympathy for this, I'm afraid, because Glenn McGrath said yesterday on TMS something to the effect of, "If that's not a catch, then we need to go back and look at every other catch in history." Yeah, he's just saying that for effect, isn't he? I think. Sorry, Glenn. I think we're gonna have to gonna uh, have I... to agree to disagree. Uh, and obviously, his opinion carries far more weight because he is one of the greats of the game. And I play in Div Ten. Div Ten. Well, one of the team plays in Div Ten. Yesterday, I was in Div Six. But I suppose the, the Kent League, Kent League waiting, I imagine, is is much harder. I have got Darren Stevens turning out in there. Well, that um, was the Prem. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, I think... I yeah, wasn't playing have, against Darren Steve. I imagine there's a lot more sides up there. So, through weight and numbers, you'll have you'll have a, a, a trickle-down effect and, and stronger stuff lower in I'd the, say in lower divs, numbered leagues. Yeah, so Div 6 is similar to Div 2 or 3 down in Cornwall, I think. Okay. I, I think I think Div 2, from, from what I've heard, Div 2 Cornwall is, is stronger than when we played there. Um, but I would say that Div 3 is probably a little weaker than when we last played in it, um, if, quite about, about like 10 years ago. Um, but Div 2, there are a lot of them have got pros, got overseas, um, playing in Div 2. So th- there's, there's been quite a bit of an investment into Cornish cricket, I think. Um, and, and yeah, all those, pretty much all of the Div 2 teams have gotten overseas from what I've heard. Um, investment presumably coming from the second homeowners. Um. Well, yeah, maybe they want to watch something better on a Saturday. Can't blame um, them. Can't blame them. Yeah. Can blame them for only playing half council tax and not playing double. Um, so vote Labour and get them to play double council tax. But this is a cricket podcast. Yes, exactly. We won't discuss politics. Because yeah. we know how we both stand. Yeah. Did you see any of the women's T20? I did. I, did. I saw bits I and pieces back. of it. I got back um, with about five, five, six overs to go, I think. It's a great uh, game. And watched that. It was great. I thought they had it. I really did. I was a bit worried. And then once they got Ash Gardner out, um, who got her out? It was Sarah. Sarah Glenn got Ash Gardner out. And then she, next ball. Um, she was on a hat trick, wasn't she? Yeah, she got two in two. And that seemed to really turn the game. And then... When they got that the next wicket, that third one that I saw, I thought I've got this, um, and that was a real shame. I mean, Australia, 
seem to always be in control of the rate. Um, but I thought they'd, they'd done them, and you know, um, yeah. But really shout out to England women who have massively, they seem to have massively closed the gap on Australia mm. since the last since the last series. Because Austra- the Australian women's team, I think they describe it as the, the winningest, I don't even know how that's become a word, <laughs> but the winningest team. And England are, what, probably the second best women's team in the world. So they always seem to come up and come up a bit short against the Aussies. But we've definitely had them worried yeah. throughout the series. So yeah, they've, they've I, I, massively closed the gap on them, which is awesome to see. I think so. I, I think I know. I think the other women's teams out there. I think South Africa. I don't know how they're going to do without Van Nierkirk. I'm not going to discuss the 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 reasons why Danny Van Nierkirk's been dropped by South Africa and whether that's right or wrong. Um, I, we're not getting into hot water on that. Do you have um, to pass a fitness test for a game on Saturday? Presumably not. <laughs> How many pints did you have last night? I, I remember and, one And there game. is no wrong answer because we've only got 11, so it doesn't matter. I remember one game, Marshy, where in the pre-game warm-up, you had to go and be sick under a tree. Yes, that was, of course, um, Countess Weir. Yes. Um, who've, who've, who've got airtime again, second time. Um, what a club. What, what a club, club and what memories. What but club. Back, to, and... back to England women. Um, out of interest, as we close on it, have you got a have you got a favourite? I think I know who your favourite England women's player is. Um, well, what are you going to say, Danny Wyatt? Yeah, I I I love the way that Danny Wyatt bats. I think she's terrific. She's um, awesome, she's and I love I love that she's finally been able to play a test and do really well. They haven't played a test already, or she hasn't played a test already. But I'm so stoked for her that she's played all this time. And has finally been able to kind of complete the set and play a test, and and she got fifty in her first test inning. Amazing, you know, she, and she, she's great. Um, but I think I'm I'm really com- I think Sophie Eccleston is is I know it's quite obvious, um, but she's she's great chat as well. I follow them on um, on England Women on on Instagram and stuff, and and it, Sophie Eccleston's got great content. She's so funny, um, and she's she's brilliant. I mean, so we. So good. To what well, actually on the way back from finals day a couple of years ago when I was saying about watching Steve O win, um, we went to England women against New Zealand at Worcester. Oh, and what a lovely, lovely county ground Worcester is, by the way. When it's um, when it's above water. Yeah, when it's not flooded, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, gorgeous little ground, and it's it's really. Um, because it's not got that many high stands, it's got sort of a Premier Inn that you can watch it from. But then the stands are quite low, so it's it's quite it's a really nice feel to it. Um, but yeah, they, Sophie Eccleston played in that game, and she was absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, I think so. I, I like Amy Jones as well. I think I, I she's she's a brilliant keeper. You know, that that she took, a, she took a superb catch yesterday. Um, I think it was to get rid of Ash Gardner actually. And then, and yeah, she had a good stump in. She's she's a really, really. But again, I, I like I like a lot of her noise from behind the stumps. Um, so yeah, I, I, and that was a, a really superb game that we went to up at Worcester. And there was the the, the best thing was the engagement. Um, it was really good to see sort of lots of young girls, you know, sort of really really engrossed in the cricket, um, and how the England players 
were sort of so accessible around the ground um, when they were fielding, taking the time to, you know, have a little ongoing conversation with the girls that were sort of badging them for autographs and stuff, doing all the autographs. Everything like that used to get sort of the county games, but it was happening in international and it was it was really it was a brilliant way, brilliant advert for the game. I want yeah. to play the game with Heather Knight. Yeah. 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 Again, our cricketing careers diverged after that point. <laughs> yeah. I um I, I want to play against Anya Shrubsole. Um, oh wow. Yeah, when she was she she bowled me she bowled a lot of bumpers at me. <laughs> we were playing it was I think we must have been under thirteens. Under thirteens, maybe yeah, maybe under fourteens. And Anya was playing for Somerset, I was playing for Cornwall. Did she and still hoop it in even then? She was she was pretty sharp, mate. I mean we were about we were about thirteen. And I think Anya must have been 15 because the rule at the time, I don't know if it's still the case, was, was that, that they could play down. Girls were allowed to play two years below. Yeah. Um, and and she, she was pretty sharp. She, she bowled me some, a couple of genuine bumpers. Um, and yeah, but she was, uh, she took a lot of wickets. Um, I remember, you know, going up to the English Counties Festival and stuff up in Taunton and, and, and she would always take a lot of wickets she was she was quality you could you could see from them that she was going to go far in the game because something i want to introduce you to that i i think you you've not quite um i'm not really explained it very well to you i don't understand but, um, it so, so I, listeners i'm with you i was i was sort of driving along the other day i was driving back over to my bridge driving back home and i just had this image of graham swan working at phones for you um and short i just leave short sleeve shirt short sleeve sort of cornflower blue shirt yeah um bluetooth headset yeah um sort of black trousers with it with a big sort of gold belt buckle um and really shiny like brown shoes are we um, talking like a 90s noughties car used car salesman look no 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 i, th- I think the classic phones for you sort of sales look um sales rep i i think he's the manager right um yep. so I, I had this this vision of, of swanee working at, well managing a phones for you and then i sort of thought how um well suited other cricketers would be to working on a high street and how they definitely should do that um sack off any commentary gigs and just pick these positions up so yeah i've got so i'd, I'd like to start you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and we, we won't revisit it. But I think the idea of a, a cricketer's high street is is quite satisfying. So I, I'm going to take you down to phones for you. Yeah, um, I'm in phones for you now. You're I'm in phones for you. Well, hang on. Do phones does phones for you even still exist? I, I don't think so. I think that's why it's fine to mention it by name. I yeah. think it's gone. Um, so we're going back to phones for you. And and Swanee, you, you come in the door. Swanee's there, just closing up a sale. Just signed a. Uh, signed a bloke onto a, a 24 month contract for his Motorola V220. Yeah. And then uh, I think you, Swanee, obviously the boss, but he's got a couple of lads in there. I think, I think, and now if you think people are more suited to this, please let me know. But I think Matt Parkinson works in there. I think Parky's got it as like a little job, you know, weekend job, maybe during uni. 
something like that. But he's he's done well. He's been there two or three years. Twenty. I can imagine Parky would close a lot of deals. I think yeah, tricky, tricky, isn't he? I think I think he's got the chat. Good talker. I agree with that. Good on the social. Swanee likes having him around the place. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think you think Parky's got a career in in phone sales? I think he's probably not the. He probably doesn't toe the corporate line so much, you know, like that cheeky leg spinner persona. Yeah, but, well, but Swanee likes the spinners, mate. Swanee, yeah. Swanee, Swanee doesn't play by the rule book. Yeah, there's not going to be any athletes, like thoroughbred quick bowlers working in phones for you. It's going to be mainly spinners, mystery spinners. Mm, Suleiman Ben could work in there as well. I mean... Mm. Could I see Suleiman Ben in phones for you? That's, I, uh, I mean, maybe I could. I could certainly see him behind a till. There's probably a couple of other lads in there, but I, I also, I mean, I was watching him field a lot. Uh, Rayan Ahmed has been on the pitch for pretty much the whole game because of Ollie Pope's injury, um, and I think he's there on work experience. He would. He would do very well. Yeah. Cheeky chappy. Cheeky chappy. I think he would draw them in with a smile. Mm. Uh kind of He's got a love he's he's yeah, he just looks like a really nice lad. Rope yeah. him in, rope him with a nice lad, and then let Swanee close, is what I think. Swanee's yeah. training him up, getting him on work experience, teaching the tricks of the trade, you know, learn off Parky. And I think um I think yeah, I think yeah, I th- it's it's that type of environment. I think Swanee on the induction day, you'll get all the materials through from corporate. Throw him in the bin. Yeah, we'll do you proper induction. Don't know why he's why he's uh, from London, but and then um, and then take you down the t- take down the uh, crown and owns or something. Yeah, for 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 your proper induction, that type of thing. I think he's he's that type of guy, that type of boss, and I think I think the lads will love him for it. Does Ollie Robinson work in the vape shop next door and used to work in phones for you? Now I wasn't going to go on to any other shops today. But I think Ollie Robinson, I had Ollie Robinson down as doing something like working in JD Sports. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think, I don't think I'd have him in the, I don't think he's in the vape shop. I think he might maybe goes to the vape shop quite a bit on his break. Or a vape cafe, maybe. I don't know if they exist. I'm sure they do. I mean, we can get one on the high street. If they've got phones for you, they can have a vape cafe. Um, We can certainly explore that. I think maybe we'll do that as the next one. We'll see how we get on. Where would where would uh, Zach Crawley work? Uh, a vintage in... used car dealership? No, he'd be working in the investment bank. Instead, he wouldn't be on the high street. He he wouldn't be on the high street. You think, think he's more city of London? I think I think Zach's got a, a bit more of a corporate job. Yeah. Right. I've really got to go, bud. Um, Cheers, Marshy. Go well, buddy. Go well. I'll try and make sure I save the recording, and I'll see you in a bit. See you, mate. Bye, bye. Cheers.